This has been Sion Griper, 718-339-6020. They're here to talk again, 718-506-909 on extension 31. Text 347-927-8398. Especially donations are greatly needed and wanted for the station. And also if a person wants a copy of the book, Concerning diamond polishing, concerning marriage, 140 pages. You can get it online. And that's also www.jroot.radio.com. And Baruch Hashem, we have a. The Parsha is getting close to Elul, then Rosh Hashanah. So it's an important time. Important time. We also mentioned. The Rambam calls Nefesh to go together, murder, and taking care of your body. Shomer over our body. So it's a very important time, also summertime. You know, we hear things going around in the world, but we don't want accidents that definitely shouldn't happen. So it's very important. We mentioned ride your bicycles with helmets. Make sure you walk in the street and look both ways. Make sure at night, too, there's a lot of cars, a lot of people doing things during the summertime. Upstate, watch the children, even though there's a lot of open area, they can walk off. There are stories of them walking off the premises. So whatever we can remind, remind us of, safety, 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 even inside the home, leaving knives around, leaving plates around, glass, hot plates. It's urgent, 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 reminding ourselves we're a shomer to ourselves 24-7, to our families and people around us 24-7. But this week, Blaise Ginsburg spoke concerning Moshe Rabbeinu cried, cried to go into Eretz Israel. And Akadosh Baruch said, enough, enough. So the question was asked, the question was asked, why didn't the, the two million or the Yidden there cry for Moshe? Moshe, they should have said, Hashem, 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 we want Moshe to go in. We want Moshe to go in. And yet, there was no cry for Moshe to go in. And Blazer mentioned, and Madrashim, and Tanakh, and Sfarim, there's nowhere where the Yidden cried out. It doesn't make any sense. We cry for our children all the time to get into a school. We cry to our parents they should have a fool. We're always crying out for each other. And yet, we're talking about Doradea, and they didn't cry out for Moshe. And there's some reason, well, Moshe, if Moshe cried, how is that crying going to help? And it was necessary he didn't go, or Moshe didn't go in. But one chiddish uh, insight that I heard this week from Leza that this is the new generation now. Remember, when we left the Midbar, when we left the Trium, it was an old generation. And Moshe was strong and on task and din. And it was a strict way of running the show. And you see, that's why we're here today, because it's a strict way of running the show. The new generation now, from 20 above, were new on the scene. And to go into the new land, 
it could be there was a little bit of feeling that uh, Moshe is too strict for us. We're putting it to modern terms. It could be it was a, a subconscious. But the point is a little bit of a hold back go, going into the land now, being our own people, it might be a little too much. And Yeshua Ben Nun would be a little softer. And it would be a little more, a little more, a little more comfortable. So, and that's why they didn't cry out. Let's continue because if they would have cried out, the cloud has a power. It could have been Moshe would have been allowed to go in. Some riots, I think Lazar said, spoke and asked Rabbi Hutna questions like this. And it was said in the Gemara, Rebbe said Rabbi Yossi was much smarter than him. Yet we paskin all through Shas like Rebbe. Because the cloud, the cloud. The whole congregation of Israel, there's a power. What exactly it is, religious, not religious, I mean, it's hard to say exactly what it is, probably the first. But the point is, there's a cloud, there's a power, a power. The cloud states, and it goes down from the top to all of us, we're all part of this tremendous power. And Rabbi also mentioned, Chavaz Chaim. Right now, the Chavaz Chaim, Mishra Bruel, Elchalosh and Hara, is, read, is learned all day, all around the world. Can't find a minute where it's not being learned. And yet, during the time of the Chavaz Chaim, there were supposedly greater, greater people. Shochan, maybe the Rakashev was early, I'm not sure. But there were people that were really, really big. But the Mishnah Brewer is the top today. Why? Please mention again the Klal. For some reason, the Klal, from the big people to the smaller people, this is what we decided. So you see an important you saw it here, everybody. You see now, especially what's going on in Israel and different areas of the world. It's a klal. It's a klal davening, a klal learning, and doing mitzvahs and, and trying to help out from physical fighting to spiritual fighting to emotional and money support. So it's a big thing. And we have to understand we're all part of a klal. The general group of people. We're all together in the deal. And that's why what we think and especially what we say and do has catastrophic effects. Ramilla in the tape 621 mentions why Adam was born alone. And all the other animals born in the thousands, tens of thousands. Because a man is unique. And then a woman came from the same body. So men and women are one body together on the deal. And then from the two came the whole planet Earth. And uh, you say the main purpose of this, the Rav said, that each person is a world. Each person has tremendous influence. The Rav said a bracha from a person not only affects yourself and family and people around us, but the whole universe. And this is part of the cloud. Can you imagine? We have a cloud of, of millions. 
and each person doing his or her part in it. We're talking about we're sending up power, power, power. This is the, the defense mechanism that will save us. And that's what we see. There's a big cry. For example, everyone on the planet, religious, not religious, would keep Shabbos to the best they could. The power we'd be sending up to Shemayim and the defense mechanisms all over the earth would be more than hundreds of thousands of iron domes. And that the key here is every person is involved. Every person is individual and is part of a cloud. And the cloud helps direct the planet, helps make decisions. Kodesh Baruch will listen to the cloud almost more than anything else. So before we speak now, before we do things now, we really have to think. Because you can't say, ah, if I don't do it, don't worry, I'm busy doing something. No, because everyone says that, then we see what happens. Especially in the partials to come, it's tokacha, 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 rebuke. That person has, says that we have to follow the, the laws, follow what we're supposed to do. The power of a person is astronomical. And the Rebbe would say that part of this power of a person, that you know, the, the world was created for you, and that, Abraham used to say during, before Rosh Hashanah, you have to understand why do we go and cry and want to improve because we know we're somebody's. So everybody is a big, big somebody's. So how do we build ourselves? And ourselves is an internal thing and an external thing. And one major thought process for all of us is first to get close to the Creator. The rub was that when it said in the Kohelis, <coughs> everything is Yira Hashem, Yira but the Rebbe always meant awareness, awareness, awareness of Hashem, the awe, the awe. So the more we get that feeling of awe that occurs Baruch, and if we look at our day a little bit, like right now, whatever time it is, where are you listening? That this time, look at your day. You know how many billions of miracles happen? I was looking at this little book someone showed me, Refutation of Darwinism, and it had the psyllium. Certain at the end of cells is a little uh, thin, but a, a paddle almost that makes the cells move in the body. Helps the sperm moves, it hurts all different cells, blood cells move. It's little cilium. And I saw a picture of what they saw it look like and what it composed of. It was <laughs> unbelievable. This little thing is so small, so small, and it's so technical. That's only the tail of the cell. So we see that the whole body, so I heard a tape, Yosef Misraki too, goes into details of the, from the cells to the mind to the, the body, the Brain is just the size of an orange. Remember, you talk about it all the time, and yet it makes everything go. Now, is this an accident? 
Everyone had two eyes and a nose and two ears and et cetera, et cetera. And first it was guys with one leg and then a guy with two legs and six eyes and seven eyes and, and the whole thing. And then eventually it came out, you and me. Whatever you say, maybe you have to ask construction workers, ask the regular everyday person, does this make any sense that it has to be a creator? So the more we work on ourselves and realize that Hashem is in our world, it gets a little clearer who's on our side and that our words and our actions are so important. Because it says in the Sefer Derech Hashem that we mention many very often, that a person who's trying to do the avoda, his service in this world properly, that Hashem, the Creator, looks at you, so-called. And it's tov, it's good. But the more we do things, say things that are not so proper, Hashem turns his face. And that's where the evil comes in. And we're not doing what's supposed to do. We have an opportunity to get our foundations straight. That's only when we listen over and over again to the teachings of Chavit Lubavos, and today we have our tapes and books, etc., etc. For example, the Rav said a tremendous thing. A person has to let Hashem enter your world. So when you walk today, let Hashem enter your world. And then you see a little bit, that Kodesh Baruch Hu, when you, you look up and you see the sun and the sky, that there's no accident the sun is how far, this far away, it could have been closer, we would have burnt, and a person could look at his body, the toes are perfect balance, the feet, the bones, 30 bones are hurt in each foot, the calves, the knees, go over your body a little bit. Thighs, how can I repay Hashem for all that He bestows on me? The Hillam. And to review a little bit of some of the ways to become aware. Think of your eyes. They have to help you see. And how it works. How it works is, is phenomenal. How does, how does eyes, how do eyes work? That the brain is a little mush between the ears should be able to tell the eyes what to do. It's an incredible thing. In the way you think. No, there's a thinking pattern. We have nerves that are touching this, this, and this. All of a sudden we have a thought. So the thought you see is not part of this physical body. It's maybe created, it looks like, from the physical body. But the thoughts are beyond the physical body. And there's a little brain between our ears should make everything work. And at the same time, think of other things. And great, great aspirations come from us. So a person thinks a little bit of the body. You get a little inspired by the body. So you're letting Hashem enter your world. If you want to look at the plants and the trees and the clouds, how the rain works from the, from the oceans, evaporates clouds and wind blows into the mainland and we have rain over our crops, the whole thing. How men and women, the human race is uh, pretty much 50-50 men and women, give or take. But among sheep is 1 to 5 or 1 to 10 because they don't have to get married and have children. It's a whole process. Every animal 
is exactly to its kind what is necessary. The milk from a cow is not good for a, a puppy dog or a human being. The milk came out milk, not, not sulfuric acid. It's a whole process. Dogs and cats can't get together. There's a whole incredible world going on around the wondrous world. And if we walk around a little bit with a little thinking head, you'll have Hashem enter your world. Enter, really enter your world. And in truth of the matter, if you start getting a schmack out of like the Hillam, person says the Hillam, remember Rav used to say the Hillam, almost any, every spare moment. And the Hillam is so inspiring. And after a while, you feel Hashem, you feel inspired. It's almost like looking at the down at the Grand Canyon, the, the tremendous sights. You get the awe you feel and many, many feats of nature, the same you could have with the Hillam. Burning in a Shmak at a Gomorrah, at a Musa, at a at a hearing like words of Torah that are just incredible thoughts concerning how to act. And advice beyond, beyond, beyond human thought. And a person can get excited about so many different things. So then you're letting Hashem enter your world. And the next step, as he enters little by little, Madani in the morning from then on, the Rav said, Hashem fills your world. You start walking around, you feel a little bit. You start looking a little more naturally, more automatically. The sun, the feet working, and when you go into the home, how you and your wife and the feelings ones have to children. Why should anyone have feelings to children? Like, why? <laughs> why? You see, that's also a miracle. So many things going on around us, we can start feeling Hashem fill our world. And the highest step, the Rav said, Hashem is our world. We're in Hashem's world. Everyone's walking around, Hashem says so, so we walk, we talk. And we have Yeras Hashem, the free will to say what I want to do, how I do it, and Hashem can make it happen, not make it happen. So first step is part of the cloud to realize we're all so connected to the Boreolam. So connected. And then we can go to the next step, dealing how to utilize utilize this world. Like I mentioned before, Amelis when I said everything is Hevel, Shlomo Melech, King Solomon said everything is Hevel. Nothing, purposeless. Hevel means breath. Yet the only thing we had we have is Yeras Hashem, says Shlomo Melech. Yeras Hashem I mentioned goes along with the awareness of Hashem, the awe, omnipresence. So what does heaven mean? You know, the whole world is heaven. So I mentioned weeks ago, I heard the Rebbe say, a person goes to the beach and lays on the beach for eight hours. I'm not saying a person wants a vacation here and there. I'm not saying go to the beach, but definitely their vacation, people need a little time to air out, to get the cells uh, calm and rekindled for New Year's. But it's important that we see what heaven means person goes to the beach for eight hours and lays on the sun lays in, in the sun and definitely more than half dressed and once in a while takes a dip into the water 
So that may, person has made the water hevel, a waste. You wasted the water in the planet Earth. The purpose of water is not for you to lay there eight hours a day and for the whole summer on and off uh, each week. That is not the purpose of the of 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 that. And at least especially when people are walking around, it's not the most sneeze. It's not thoughts are terrible, words are terrible, dress is terrible. So the whole beach is becomes purposeless. The water one goes into is purposeless. And the sun, the beautiful sun that makes the crops grow and everything else grow, is becoming also purposeless. So a person who uses his eyes to look at bad things on a constant basis, and he does it on purpose, the, the, the eyes are heavy. It's, a purp- it's purposeless. You didn't utilize your eyes for what it should be used for. I was telling yeshiva boys, you're using your eyes what they're used for, using to learn Torah, to look at the right things. People who, who look at nature and enjoy the Boreal nature. So the world around us either could be hevel or it could be very, very purposeful. And everything you can gain, gain tremendous Yerush Hashem. For example, you're walking, the birds are chirping every day during the summertime. So nice, so nice. And if we ignore them, the, the birds became hevel. Well, you go to work and you get there, you come home and say, what did you, you see today? What did you look at today? And you're like, nothing, nothing happened. So wait, wait, wait. Was it hevel? Some things you're supposed to look aside from it. The purpose of that to, to gain control. So a person has to utilize the world. So the idea of hevel is an important thing. The idea of things being purposeless is an important thing. But we have to utilize our whole being for purpose. I mean, just say you walk in the street and everything's like an advertisement. The sun, the billboard is telling you, Griper telling you, Cohen telling you, Solomon, that this is, this is all your, your world is messages for you. So we can, for example, has... We walk around for, and we can start to utilize our eyes for the right, for the right things. I have a friend with an eye operation. He sees perfectly now. He's told me he feels terrible because in the summertime he wishes he can cover his eyes, but he can't because his eyes are perfect. He said, "I wish I had glasses. I could take off my glasses. So I could at least walk around and not see certain things I shouldn't see." So utilize your eyes for 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 the, what it's used for. If it's saying to Hillam, it's learning, looking at nature, looking at your wife and telling how beautiful she is. The ways to utilize your, your eyes and utilize your mouth for praise, chizuk, chizuk. You praise Hashem. Praise just again right now. You've been in the day, one hour, two hours, three, four, ten hours into your day right now. And think about think about it. If you'd be walking, talking and is a lot of praise. You can use the mouth and praise to your wife. We'll talk about it a little later. Praise your wife t- top to bottom. Think of all good things you do. she does. Your husband top to bottom. All good things he does. You have to look at the negative. And children, all the good things. And the parents, all the good things. We can praise, use our mouth for a purpose. But if the mouth is used for the opposite, for put-downs, for negativity, lush and horror, to abuse people, so then you utilize your mouth 
not for the purpose, and it becomes purposeless heaven. You're wasting the purpose of your mouth and touch. A person feels. So you can utilize your feelings in your body. It's, it's to be thankful we're all feeling. Doesn't last forever. Camilla said, appreciate what you have while you have it. Feel your fingers moving. And when you have to button a shirt, it looks simple. An old person can't feel those buttons anymore. Can't get in there anymore sometimes. And you can learn to feel your legs walking and feel. I remember I was thinking, appreciate what I had while I have it. Now, appreciate what you have while you have. Right at the second, it's not so bad. Nothing was bopping on your head that second. So I remember I saw an older man in a wheelchair. I said, I hit my own legs. I said, ah, you have legs, you have legs, you have legs. Hands that move and you have a, a feeling throughout your body. And then you have the opportunity to touch smooth things, furry things. Feelings, 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 touch, touch, touch is a, is a sense. So that's a sense you can utilize for Kedusha. The affection that you use with your feelings and touch. Family members, hugs. It's, it's a big thing. You can utilize it for Kedusha, for what it's created for. And not for the wrong kind of feelings. Then you make the feelings and you touch Hevel, a waste, purposeless, even worse than purposeless. Then, with your ears, hearing, you could hear good words of Torah. You could hear nice music, praising. You could hear so many nice things, the birds chirping. You could hear, and not go out of your way to hear schmutz and hear things you shouldn't hear and run. It's a waste. You're usually not a person whose ears are hearing the wrong things on a constant basis. Not there's a lot of accidents. In other words, you can't help it. Some you walk in the street and a car goes by, by, car goes by, bouncing along, bumping up, and I'm so you can't you can't help it. So your idea is to say, no, I don't want to hear that stuff. Go weiter. You can utilize your ears, and then it's kedusha. Then it's why it's here for. It's the purpose. The purpose of the ears. Kodesh, Kodesh, Kodosh. Ears, to hear your wife talk and listen. Listen. Zipper up the mouth, listen. And the wife said, the husband, listen. Listen. The ears, the ears, you use it for Gadusha. Or you can use it to hear the words the way you want to hear it and not listen and bounce back and Waste the purpose of years. So it's urgent taste. Taste. So many good things we taste every day. You can appreciate each time you taste it. A little bit food. Appreciate. Shall call me yeah, bitter oh. It's the biggest statement. You're saying bang, bang, bang. People have said those words. Yeah, but the story of a big rubber was on a kidnapped on a plane. And some people wanted to go, went to the Rebison and the story on this. I'm mentioning any names. Went to the Rebison, your husband, the big goddles on the plane. Broke Hashem, he got off, and he's Broke Hashem striving today in communities. So she said, Broke Hashem, shall call me a bit of rose. She said those words after drinking a glass of water. Hashem's the boss, Hashem's the boss. So a person. Can utilize 
when you're drinking something, eating something for big, big stuff. I told the Brocha Red Miller said it's ramifications on the whole universe. So that's, again, now we're getting into ourselves, but that's how you build the cloud. That's how you build yourself. To get in tune, in tune, in tune with the Boreolum. And with that, we say we have Karasatov. We start bringing an attitude of gratitude, an attitude of gratitude, continue. And then we can build other parts of our existence. And we'll look a little bit at our, at our own midas and how to work, work, just as we work on things that are important to us, important is the work on midas, important is for us to work on learning. There's so many night programs now in Brooklyn and other places, you can join in. It's like a night colon for people, beginners, been learning a long time to join in. I've seen people change. Before marriage, people end up getting married by getting involved in a night colon, a night learning group, more Torah, and it was a constant. They, they improved their learning, and they became an entity. And men who were married and with some trouble a little bit, and at night they started a, a consistent program, and their wife enjoyed it. All of a sudden, the marriage and the family's different. So a person can <clears throat> improve the situation. And we mentioned before, the klal has a power. As we said again, Moshe Rabbeinu cried to go into Eretz Israel, and Shem said no. And the Yidin did not cry. All over, all over Shas, all over the Midrashim. And one reason... That was mentioned because Moshe was was strong, was strong. It was a new generation here. Remember, they didn't they, they didn't come out of the Triumph. and Yeshua they felt would be uh, well easier for him, better for them. Again, it's a whole big complicated topic, but the point is the cloud, the cloud. If they were Blaise Ginsburg hinted at that, if they would have cried out the cloud for Moshe to go in. Maybe he would have gone in. We repeating again, Chavos Chaim at his time wasn't the biggest postik, but the Klal picked the Chavos Chaim. There's a power in the group. And the Gemara you mentioned, Rebbe, said Rabbi Yossi was smarter than him. Yes, everything was passed by Rebbe. Why? Because the Klal, the Klal, we all have a power from the top to the bottom. As we keep talking about today, all this self-improvement, improvement, getting along with others is crucial for affecting because the more the cloud voices itself to Kaddish Baruch Hu, the more defense we will have. Another way how to work on oneself and in relationships we mentioned, is we mentioned AAA, attention, appreciation, and affection. The attention <clears throat> people have to give each other, husband and wife, attention. The man walks in, the ultimate attention he has to give his missus is crucial. He has to come in, and if she has new earrings, to say something. Because his praise of her is... is uh, Crucial is the world. We mentioned in the that Rosh Hashanah has mentioned about a woman being over about the and not bringing offerings on time. I said over there, 
I think Abaya Paskin doesn't have to. She doesn't have to go. Or if she's over, she's now about Tacher. It seems because over there, her greatest pleasure is her husband buying her things, not going to the base of Mingdosh, buying her clothes. So a man, when he walks in the house, when he compliments her clothes, it's like the Rosh Yeshiva, like the Abdel president, not our president, praising the lady. A man can build his lady top to bottom with attention. And also the woman, too, when he comes in, the attention, attention. We mentioned stories and phone calls when they come home and everyone's tense, tense, tense. I mentioned everyone should try to be calm before him by eating something. But one story, he called, I can't take it. He comes in, he runs out. So I said, give him a little attention, a little cake, something. She made a spread for him the next day. He called me, worked like magic, the attention. You worked hard, you worked hard. You had a busy day. I'm making sure, take a 15 minutes and a half hour. Attention, attention. We'll go over this later a little bit. Appreciation. She does the laundry, makes the table nice, and she's busy with everything else in one corner nice. She makes your supper. Whatever little thing, appreciate, appreciate, run to praise her. Appreciate your husband working. Appreciate it's hard today. I mean, lately people are coming over to me asking me to borrow money. That's a pretty shocking experience. <laughs> and I see who's asking. These are people who are oh, very well known. Like special people. So I don't. It's hard today. So, whatever the husband's doing, I know it's hard and you have to pay this. But instead of complaining first, pay first praise, appreciate that he's working, trying to work, trying to help. He worked all his life. Don't take that away from him. Appreciate that, but you have to. Big time. All this appreciation, and we just mentioned all this attention, will help create. A better world. Hashem will look at you. There'll be tov. And each one of us who do these things will build a a klal, a whole group that can have effect. An affection, warmth, warmth, warmth between couples, between family members is very important. The warmth, the warmth, the warmth. And we also have another little phrase we say, like no smoking zone, no tension zone. This is hard, but the first thing you see, you mate, chizuk encouragement by MS. You look good. The table looks nice. Your supper last night. You always think the hill and the children are doing well. How do you work and come home and whatever you can praise? And the other way around, too, chizuk to the husband. The husband was learning a shtickle. You understand that's, that is giving the home a Torah home. Is giving the home hashkafa. It, it's a tremendous thing. The husband's not home because he's learning or he's working, you know, 10, 12 hours. It doesn't mean he doesn't want to be home. That hashkafa, that he comes in and it's a Torah home. The affection, affection. We can't throw away affection, even though we don't feel like sometimes, even though we're mad sometimes. Never, never go on strike with attention, appreciation, or affection, especially. So I wanted to mention, really, to get to the last two Ten Commandments of Marriage, Miller, and just to mention again the first eight. The first, and you'll see this is crucial, because Sholem B'nehem, we see in... The Pasha, when Aaron passes away, the Shekhinah passed away, and Sichon attacked. 
Shalom, shalom. So the building of the klal, the klal starts at home. Chesed starts at home. Chesed starts at home, everybody. Be a great hero outside. If inside the home where your interactions are constant and are looked at, if the cheshbin at home, a person goes to the next world, Miller said the biggest cheshbin is going to be from home. Just review, first would be realistic, expect the unexpected. A lot of unexpected things, but the main thing we mentioned, make sure you're happy with yourself, you're doing things, you're busy, you're davening, you're, you're learning, you're working hard. You are somebody. Go through your day from morning to night, review your day, review your day. And you see, I'm busy, I'm doing. I could do better, I could do better. But if you feel strong, so then unexpected things you can take, and become numb and just see the situation. Seichel. Rabbi Reisman spoke on Tisha B'Av concerning Rosh. We have to use the Rosh and not the Lave. It's very important. The Lave is used only when the Rosh directs it. We have to use our heads. Think, think. Remember you say common sense, common sense. If you had a hard day, be realistic. The house is booming with, with children. or So it's like business is booming. And most... Be realistic, expect the unexpected. The unexpected is really expected now. We pretty much know what to expect. We just don't tolerate it. <laughs> and we want to fit our square into that circle of hers or our square into that, that circle of his. That was the first commandment. We have this on a couple of tapes ago. And keep routines, routines. We constantly mention routines, crucial routines. Every day, make sure if you're cooking supper, make sure supper. When you come home, you're going to help, you're going to help. You're buying flowers, you're going to buy flowers. Keep the routines. I told you one couple Tuesday nights, when we go on a Tuesday night, spend the money for babies an hour or two, take a walk together, somebody dinner. And the babysitters who saw that did it to themselves, and they said, oh, we are best friends also. Routines, walks on Shabbos, walks on Shabbos. You know, people told me, walks on Shabbos. Routines, little notes in the morning. Start when you're 80 years old. Why not? A little note to your wife, a little note to your husband. A little notes. It's an important thing. And come home. Make sure when you come home, you're calm and she's calm. You can eat something. Make sure you, you can't wait to do more for each other when you come into the house. Keep routines, the right positive routines that you did before marriage. I know <clears throat> next is make peace as soon as possible. Any sort of friction, you got to run away like the plague. Lubonic plague, you got to run away, run away. Who could say sorry more? Who could say let's call the rabbi up because I, I know I'm probably wrong, but let's call the rabbi up anyway. Anyway, to calm any situation down, calm it down as soon as possible because it goes from a little mole to a mountain to a volcano. We have to stop, make pieces of the mouth. You be the one. You be the one. By, it says a hundred evils will pass your way if you know how to make peace as soon as possible. And again, you're building yourself. You're building the world. You just put tov into the world. You're building the cloud. And all, it's defense to the whole planet Earth also. What you're doing is, again, Milton Abraka changes the world. How much does Shalom save the world? And we mentioned, never say mean words. You're ugly. 
Don't say mean words. I want to get. I'm always alone. You never, you always. I'm a single parent. I'm spending too much money. Think about your words. Don't mean words. You just... The clock, imagine, it's terrible. Chas Shalom, everyone says one mean word a day. You know what? The clown is now, it, it's a broken clown. So all of a sudden, a, 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 a broken nation. Then we cried to Hashem with the broken Kaylee, with the mouth that's not pure. Well, Hashem, defend us in Eretz Israel, defend us, defend us. It's, a, it's not a clown that's strong anymore. You're using your path for, for evil. Then all of a sudden you're praying, you're praying, diving, diving, learning, learning. Not the same. Not the same. You have to be careful. Careful. You're having ramifications on the whole world. Be loyal. The next commandment. Be loyal is so urgent to be loyal, to be loyal. My wife's the best. My husband's the worst, best. You have to run run through the hardest situations to protect your wife and husband. Anyone says anything wrong against them, my, my wife, I could help her clean. My husband, I could help, I have to help along to save the money. Whatever it is, you have to back your husband, husband. That's not love. It's obligation. And 120, you're going to be obligated and it's going to be responsibility. The husband and Shemson ask you, how come you weren't loyal to your husband and wife? You didn't back them through thick and thin. And if you do that, then it takes kavura, it takes seichel and common sense, you're using your rosh, you're creating such a positive tov to the world, we cannot imagine. And plus your own tov, your own family, and generations and generations. And then we mentioned that mean words pass by. Most mean words are not meant to be, except, and they sound very good because they always hit, today, everything below the belt. There's no such thing as mean words, you know, well, get, you know, you're, you're bad, you're bad, you're bad. And then it goes, zoop, the other party comes back and says, you were never good. And I should have known when I, married, when I married you. It's like, there's no, like, middle ground. It's tit for bomb, we mentioned. So let words pass by, pass by, pass by. Pass by and think about it. Then speak to a rabbi, speak to somebody. But you'll see, pass words, 10 minutes later, all of a sudden you're getting a good supper or you're getting, you know, money for the dress you want. Let me words pass by. It's the hardest thing today. We don't have no tolerance to it, but that's a key. All like more we mentioned earlier. Mean words passing by, a hundred evils will pass you by. And like we mentioned, love your neighbor like yourself. Don't do to others that you don't want done to you. Think about what you're saying to your wife. Don't do to her that you don't want done to you. Think about it. Say it. Think, think for a while. Go throughout your day yesterday and go over it. And women, too, go out every day, and you'll see what you're doing. Again, don't do to others that you don't want done to yourself. Hillel, concerning love your neighbor like yourself. And we want to mention the last two today. Don't dress slovenly. In other words, when a person goes to a chasana, a person tries to dress very nicely. I brought one told the story about the biggest scientist, probably of the century, went to see the president. So he went in his dungarees and sweater. So he was saying to the other person, like, in your face, I don't respect who you are, President. So not only does dress make you, it dignifies you, who you are, it dignifies who you are. You have to understand dress says who you are as a big part. And dressing sneers, dressing modestly, but dressing neat and clean, 
It gives you a certain, you're somebody. You don't walk around like a schlep. But on the other hand, it has just as big a bigger effect on the others. When you walk around a certain way, you're telling others, I don't care what you think. People who walk around in the street half-dressed, you're saying, I don't care how you feel. There are some people in the street who rather not look at that or are appalled by it. So how come the people who are walking around half-dressed don't think a little bit? Okay, I'm not going to dress like them, but let me cover myself a little bit. It might bother an old lady, bother an old man. I think, think, but no. It's really saying, I don't really, really care what you think. Certain people are pro-animal rights and pro-this and pro-that and uh, human rights, human rights. And yet they walk around, I don't really care how you feel. I really don't. So dressing slovenly in the house. Brother Rabbi, you said, you know, people make a big hit in the outside. They look, woo, dressed to kill, so-called, men and women. And they come home, take off the jacket, open up your shirt, shirt falls out of your pants, or the woman. And it's very hard after a whole day at work, a whole day of dealing with a family. No, no, no. The hit you have to make is at home. I'm going to say stories. The man's coming home. The woman, oh, the woman. I told you a story with a certain lady that she complained and she was right. But I told her, offer him a nice drink. And I said, dress nicely. Smell nice too. It all takes effect. If the woman got a little bit, so it's so hard. It's so hard. But you know when the hubby is coming home, let me just clean my hair a little bit, brush a little bit, or my tilchel, my shaitel, whatever I'm wearing. Let me just look neat. Forget about chasen the look. I should not look slovenly. I should look nice. Because that feeling of looking nice for the mate, the mate appreciates you. You're showing, I respect you. And a man who comes in the house, he comes in. First thing, goes to the bathroom, cleans his act up a little bit. He has to change his pants and jacket, whatever he does. Because how he, walks, how he walks around will affect his wife and his family. One man came to me, oh, my wife, she's wearing short sleeves, and he had a whole thing. And then I saw him in the street. He had shorts. He was walking around like she's walking around. And he was a man. So, yeah, he, he didn't understand what he was doing was what she was doing. You don't like something? Well, first, be it yourself. But it's a big thing. And the husband comes in to try to look nice, neat and nice, like when you got married. And the man comes in, brush up a little bit. The great people used to come in the house before they brush off the dandruff, comb the hair a little bit, and the Shekhina B'nehem, I'm going to come into the house, my wife, the Shekhina B'nehem, and you have to look nice. Okay, you have gray hair now, you have a little pot belly now. Okay, that's up too, we're all unfortunate, there are people who are so hooked on the, uh, on the lady or man getting older. And not looking at this, what you live together and you have to love each other more. Look what you went through. They went through with you. And they brought up with you. Family. If not family, they, they were you thick and thin. Ramilla said the biggest thing of marriage, I mean, of course we hear bringing up children, but the bigger is the reshlamus. Ramilla said openly, marriage is for perfection. The wife is there to perfect your midos, to perfect you. And your husband is there to perfect you. 
but uh, being low tolerance, zero tolerance level, at the zero tolerance level, so we look at uh, him, her, him, her. No, 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 no. It's for your perfection. For your perfection. You really become a mensch. I could tell you stories where the little Goisha was a Goisha movie. Uh, the school study showed a little bit. I, and it was about a whole different thing, but they, when they didn't know each other, they act nice to it. But all of a sudden, came husband and wife. So a person acts nice, can act nice, can act nice. So it's important for the man to dress nicely. Come in, go in the bathroom, comb your hair, comb the beard, whatever you have. Try to look decently for each other. The Ten Commandment, don't be a tyrant. Don't be a boy, boss, or most said. Don't from the from the dining room don't say, please get me, or not even please, get me, get me the salt. Get up yourself, the rub said. Get the salt yourself. <laughs> don't be a tyrant. The men could be tyrants telling the wife, do this, do this, why'd you do this? Get me this. Even so get it yourself. Do not be a boss. Things don't go your way. Do not be a tyrant. Do not hold back money and other things. And a woman, too, don't hold back certain ways of affection. Women could be a tyrant, too, by manipulating you always, you never, and you never help me, or say things like, oh, the, the meat is downstairs. I'll get it later. So you're saying to your husband to get it. Okay, not so much tyrant. You're hitting at your husband. But it's an important thing. A woman can also be a tyrant. Once a woman once called up Ramilla and said, my husband, I don't know if I trust him anymore. So the rub spoke to the man a couple of days before. And the man said, I'm scared of my wife. Everything I say, I do. I was like on eggshells. I, I don't know what to do. So the woman called two days later. I don't know if I trust my husband. He doesn't tell me anything. So the rub said, because you scare him. He can't breathe, he can't talk, he can't look and walk without a comment. Everything's a yell. And if you don't if it doesn't agree with you right away, bash, bash, bash. I tell you, tit for bomb. You hit below the belt, he can't breathe. And the other way around. I know a situation where the husband always has constructive criticism to his wife. So he thinks he's a big sadic, and he might be right. You could treat the way you should treat the children, the way you should run the home. And I listen to him. Well, sounds good. Sounds good. But this is not the way you deal with your lady. You have to deal through being a model. You be the best model. You be the best encourager to her. And little by little, you'll see things will, will come around. Touch graphically, they will come around. But I know this man is doing this one year, two year, three years. And from the outside, if you said, you know, he's quicker with the tongue than her. So happens. Some, sometimes it's the other way around. And constructive criticism. But after 15 years of it, she's, she's scared. She walks around always nervous and very interesting. He called me and she said in the morning he made a comment. And... No, he said, in the morning I made one comment, and the rest of the day I don't understand, he said to me. So then I spoke to her, and she said, 24-7, he's always on my case. So I said, 24-7, but he only said one word in the morning to you. I said that in my head, but then he understood. 
Because one word, one day, one time in a day, and if you're doing it, you know, once a week or whatever it is, once every every day, so you're always under the radar. So when a husband looks at you, you feel it's 24-7. So don't be a tyrant. Don't try to manipulate your mate. We're talking manipulate where it's like you're pushing and, and, you know, making guilt trips happen. It's very, very important not to be a tyrant. And a couple extra Ten Commandments. Rob Miller had a second tape, and one of the main things in the second tape, I'm not going to say number 11, say 10 more commandments. And we'll start with one, with one get a Rebbe, say Lechara. I know a young couple that got married. Before they got married, they went to his rub, who was a very sweet, understanding man. And they both spoke, and the woman was very, very satisfied. And realized he's going to be done practically. He's a rabbi who understands ladies too. And they picked the rabbi. And now they have their discussion. They just got married like two years ago. Then they have their moments of, you know, not on the same page. But sooner than later, if they see something that just a decision where they can't come to and it seems like tension is forming, they go to the Rebbe. The Rebbe will tell you, you have to live here, you should move here, go to work, not to go to work. Every issue. And you know what saves this couple? It's hard enough. Husband and wife are so different, different people. So Ramilla called it marriage insurance. I was there. Marriage insurance. A person has marriage insurance. Shalom in the house. So you build your own meters. Like I said, marriage is a meters machine. Marriage is for perfection, Ramilla said. A husband become perfect from his wife, and his wife become perfect from him. All of a sudden, you're working on perfection. Like we said, then you're part of the clock. Imagine the whole planet Earth, all the Yidden, all the people decide to work on Sholem B'nai in the home. So you bring into the world such a power that this chus, the tov that will come down on the world, the klal we mentioned, the klal has the power to change verdicts in Shemayim. It's more powerful than the million iron domes. It's more powerful. It's more powerful than so much that we can work on. So, the commandment of getting a Rebbe is so important, everybody. And you'll have to understand the Rebbe's not going to give you exactly what you want to hear all the time or she wants to hear all the time. But most of the time, the biggest decision, 99% of them are decisions, but not the decisions that we're going to have to move here, not the decisions where they have to go to yeshiva, not the decision who's going to marry who among the children. Most decisions are not the catastrophic, the biggest, and they can be worked at with a Rebbe. And security, it gives the couple. Like a man after a little while says, okay, we'll go to the Rebbe. The woman after a little while says, we go to the Rebbe. And all of a sudden, it's like it cuts down because... After the discussion goes on for a little while, so it goes back and forth and it becomes a big concrete problem. And sometimes women are more swift or men are more swift. And all of a sudden, one wins, one wins, and the other one loses. And the one who wins or loses also. 
So it's an important factor that a selach arav is important to build shalom in the house and shalom in the world, and is no excuse. No excuse for a couple, a man, a woman. It says openly the teachings all the years from in the ghettos and the everywhere that we were was always the family, the community had a rav. There was a rebus in there to console. It's important, important, important. And this is a way to build shalom in the house and shalom in the world. So, Baruch Hashem, again, to reiterate, <clears throat> the Chal has a power. We mentioned the Klal, David, the Moshe Rabbeinu, to go into Eretz Israel. It would have been a possibility. The Klal made Chavis Chaim the post of the generation, not Arach Chaim. And in many situations, the Klal has a power. And you're part of the Klal. You're part of the Klal. So we mentioned to let Hashem enter your world and fill your world and be your world. And then move on when you become aware of Hashem, Yeras Hashem, you make everything important. And then with getting along and with Shalom B'nehem. So we have possibilities of building the biggest iron dome in the whole planet Earth. Everywhere, everywhere. So we all should have a brach and a sloch and a siyat ishmaya, plus a rebach. Long and many years. This has been Sion Griper, 718-339-6020. Here to talk again, 718-506-909 on extension 31. Text 347-927-8398. Donations. We can talk to some big people who enjoy the station. To send money, big money, it can make things so much easier and make the words Spread all around the planet Earth. It's up to you. If you know somebody, speak to somebody. And also, if you want videos, or you want the talks, or you want the new <coughs> book that came out, it's not in book form, but it's in email form. So, www.jrootradio.com. You can get in touch to get the book. So, again, we should have a sloch and bracha, and everything real clean and gosh